most epic challenge of your life to begin. You've been preparing for this moment your whole life. Education, if you chose to go to college, that's a plus. And work experience, a major plus. All of these things you will include on the most important document you've ever forged. That being the resume. You must apply to jobs on LinkedIn, Indeed, and Monster.com. It is up to you to forge your destiny and make yourself a valuable asset to anyone who might choose to hire you. It is time for you to get a job. Ooh, welcome to a very special episode of the Hutong Hero. I'm your host, Ryan Price. Joining me today is is an expert in uh, job searching, or she should be now, uh, Carrie Hammond. Welcome, Carrie Hammond. Very nice to have you on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me on this very special episode of How to Find a Job. Yeah, so, um, you know, we... Uh, well, why don't you talk a little bit about why you're an expert here, Carrie, because I think the, the folks at home want to know. Okay, I'm an expert on finding a job because very smartly, like so many of my friends, fellow British smart people, people smart people out British there British smart people out there decided to go to a really good university because oh that no, man. is we obviously that's it that's all you need I wasn't asking for an Exeter promo okay oh I'm going to give it because apparently that's what you get told go to school get good GCSEs get good A levels get a good degree job done Boom. Boom. Wait, that's it? That's all you have to do? And then you get a job? Is that how easy it is here in the UK? Apparently, it's Gosh. this magical thing where just you just can snap your fingers, have a degree, and, that, and that's it. Listen, folks, we're doing a special episode here on the Hutong Hero because uh, for the better part of a year after leaving China, uh, Carrie and I have uh, been, you know, we, we returned to the West and have been doing this job hunt. Carrie's been very successful. I've had my ins and outs of success, but... In this process, we've learned quite a bit. Number one being that having a degree is definitely not all it takes. Yeah, it's, it seems like now a degree is just like, you know, congratulations, you got a degree. <laughs> You've ticked one step on your form. Yeah, so... 20 to go. Basically, um, let's... Where do we start here? So... For applications and whatnot, uh, you know, things like having a university degree, as even though we joked, they definitely help. Of um, course they do. We so joke. it wasn't such a huge waste of time, guys. Don't worry. But Don't give up on that degree. Don't give up on the degree. But uh, so I've, I've gotten my BA and my MA. My BA was in broadcast journalism and religious studies. And then I got my MA in international journalism. And I got that actually in uh, Beijing, China. It oh, was an wow. English degree program. Yes, it was pretty cool. And um, so, and I got my BA in uh, New Mexico. So it was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Right, so, but you, you had two subjects there. So does that make it, how would you describe that for us, for the British listeners who don't necessarily always do doubles? You know, it was... Okay, so I, I, okay, this is how it works, okay? So I was, uh, I was getting, I was originally going to major in 
theology. And, and I had my religious studies degree picked first and foremost as my degree I was going to uh, get my BA in. And I remember my dad was like, Ryan, you know what you should do? You should really ask if this will turn into a job. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't even think of that. I was like, that's the whole point of why I'm going here. I thought it was just to learn stuff. But at the end, I do have to find a job. Okay, so I uh, went to the head of the theology department at the University of New Mexico. And I was like, hey, you know, so what kind of cool stuff can you do once you graduate with a degree in religious studies? And he's like, yeah, you can you can teach. Oh, well, you probably actually have to get a MA or, or PhD, but then you can teach. And I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah, options are a bit limited on that. And I was like, so I remember I was like, so anything else? He's like, teach. You can do some teaching. You might be able to find something else. <laughs> but he, he just did seem to know what those other things were. So you're telling me yeah. that you you didn't want to teach? No, I, I mean, that was not my first that, choice. That wasn't the first option. That wasn't okay, why was you did not, religious no, studies. No, thank you very much. Oh. No, it's not why. But uh, <laughs> so I was like thinking, wow, I spent a lot of time with religious studies and I don't know what to do with it now because the job market for religious studies majors just doesn't seem to be anything other than teaching. OMG. What do I do? I think this was my first like in college experience of thinking what a degree would mean post post graduation. So I was a bit confused. Then I was like, you know, I really like public speaking. I, I like the idea of broadcasting and informing others. So I found the journalism department and lo and behold, the journalism department at the University of New Mexico requires you to have a minor. OK, so a minor is something that you don't do enough in the subject to be able to have it be considered a bachelor's, but you've done enough that you are semi-formally acknowledged by the university in knowing um, enough to be considered a minor, right, in that subject. Right. So it's not, it's not a, it's not a, maybe it's like a two-year degree. That is maybe what you can consider a minor to be. I don't know. But anyways. Uh. I was like, great, all right, well, then this wasn't so useless. And I was like, I really loved religious studies. I chose it because it was a passion of mine. But I think that's one of the things maybe a lot of college kids struggle with is I want to learn the things I'm interested about, but that doesn't always correlate to a job after college. So anyways, I uh, was going through my classes and completing some religious studies classes to fulfill my minor uh, requirement. And I remember as I was getting close to graduation, I was actually taking more religious studies classes to become a full-time student and to keep those hours to be considered as such. And basically, um, because I was, you know, I also really loved the subject, I, uh, I remember as I was getting close to graduation, it was like a year out, I went to the head of, uh, well, the advisor in the religious studies department and we're doing it. She's clicking on her, you know, p keyboard and she's like, what's your name? And uh, student number, what's that? And I was like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, okay, blah, blah, blah. Great. And she's looking at the computer system. She's like, you know, Ryan, you know, you could double major. 
Um, you could have religious studies as a minor, but you've already fulfilled those requirements a while ago. And now you're actually really close to having religious studies be a BA. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. I was thinking to myself, does this, will this hinder uh, the minor requirements for the communication uh, department at the University of New Mexico? And she's like, no, you know what? You'll be fine. It basically, you got in your minor and you just kind of overachieved and you turned that minor into a BA. So you double majored. And I was like, well, hey, Silly of me to turn down a double major. I can show my family that and be like, look how educated I am. They were not, you know, I wish they had said that when I told them about this double degree uh, that I was going after. But they were like, oh, (laughs) it wasn't like a, ooh, it was a, yeah, more like that. Thank (laughs) you. Well done. So I, uh, I finished school. I had what I thought was a lucrative degree, and I remember I had to, I couldn't initially just start working. It was really hard for anybody that leaves college. You're kind of like a a puppy dog. You don't know what to do. You're looking at everyone like, hello, like uh, pet me or do something for me. I don't know what to do with myself, you know, and I kind of felt like, I felt like that a little bit. I didn't know what to do with myself. So anyways, um, you're kidding me. No, you raised your hand. You had. Degrees. I had two you degrees. should have just they should have been throwing do- jobs at you uh, that's what I told them I right. was like throw them my way guys. Throw, throw me a bone throw me I a was, job I was on corners of streets saying hire me okay <laughs> apparently that's not how you get a job these days actually funny story someone did do that in the UK and then they did eventually get a job they, god they, they should be doing a podcast what right? am I doing here they I'm actually like, stood what? outside of stations with their uh, CV stroke resume uh on a big cardboard like board on them we need and eventually they got a job i need to do this okay i'll just (laughs) have my requirement like what requirements for what i want in a job and then basically say what i've done and be like hire me question mark anyways so um back back to this uh you know uh, this time that i was looking for a job i didn't know what to do i started to do an internship that would hopefully turn into a job with local TV news. And that was brutal, right? Because the thing is, you can go to school and you'll learn about these different uh, kind of uh, jobs or what they entail, like journalism or maybe engineering. But then when you're actually in the job place, when you're actually doing the work, you find out that, you know, you basically only had the basics and uh, you would have to pick up so much more. Uh, on the job. That's why experience is so important. So anyways, I was working with Channel 13 News. I realized that the the learning process was far from over. And then I eventually found this degree, uh, this master's degree in China at the Communication University of China. And I was like, you know, I don't really know what to do with myself. But uh, I feel like local TV news... um, it's interesting, but I, I want to try something else. And I didn't know what that was. So I was like, let's do more education. And I got a scholarship, which was nice. So it was, it was less of a gamble. You right. know? That makes it free, right? Yeah, the, the scholarship made it free. So I was like, okay, two years, I get an MA in international journalism and it's free. So while I'm kind of trying to think of how my education can take me to where I want to be, why don't I further my education? And so 
Went to China, then I got a job after I graduated with my MA. I got a job as a presenter for China Radio International. Did a lot of great stuff. I interviewed people of interest. I hosted live shows every day. The show was winning awards and I felt like I was like the man, you know? I was like, yeah, what's up? You know, I'll get a job when I want a job, how I want a job. And this led to me eventually one day uh, deciding that it was time to leave China. I'd been at uh, CRI, China Radio International, for four years. And I, I was thinking, you know, Carrie's with me. We had just met, started dating. We're both kind of along the lines of, hey, let's take, this, let's take this show back to the West. And so we, you know, we, we finished our jobs and then we decided that... Uh, the next step was going back to the U.S. We talked about this in another podcast, but not necessarily the struggle that we would be facing. So this kind of sets the stage for a lot of the stuff that we've learned over the course of the year in 2019 for what it takes to kind of find a job in this modern day and age. Of course, you can go stand out on the corner of streets and that might work for you. Hey, that's a bold move, and it worked for somebody else. It but worked. We might be using this strategy one day. We might be using... Yeah, I'm surprised you just now told me about it. <laughs> but um, after this first song break, we'll discuss some of the things that we've learned, some tricks of the trade, as it were, for applying to jobs, and we'll present them to you, and, and maybe you can learn a little bit more about this process. Anyways, let's go to our first song. Thank you. 
That was Sunshine by Latasha. Uh, Latasha is always making that music you can use for your podcasts, and it's so nice. Big I'll say it. Tw- out. I'm going to say it twice. It's so nice. So nice. Thank you, Latasha. Now we said it three times. I don't know if it's that nice, but it's nice. Anyways, Latasha, Sunshine. Hope you guys enjoyed it. So now let's talk about our uh, experience in job searching. So this might be something we could put on our uh, resume, right? Uh, Professional job searcher. Um, After one year of looking for jobs, we've just been so good at finding jobs or finding opportunities and hoping to get the job. But joking aside, one of the things that you should have prepared, and it should be good, is a proper resume. A proper resume. Proper resume. Or a CV if you are British. Okay, so yeah, that's actually a good point to to make here. Is uh, resumes, CVs, pretty much the same thing. So if you're in the UK, people are dropping CVs all over the place. But if you're in the US, people will say drop off a resume. The two are the same. Don't stress. Don't worry. Don't stress. But... Beware to maybe just change the title of it, depending on the country you are applying in or for, I'd say. Right. So, okay, let's talk about what a successful resume has. And so we'll talk about mine. The top of your resume, uh, in in bold letters, very easy to read, your name, right? So I would just put your name and then right below that, something like your contact details, maybe your email, the best phone number to reach you at. Don't make any guesswork, right? If these people decide they want to contact you, make sure that your information for contacts right there in their face. Right, so we shouldn't put it at the bottom. No. Okay. You should either, in the middle? Well, you shouldn't do that either. Oh. I mean, and it shouldn't be in huge capitals right in your face. It should just be presentable right under your name. Make it look clean, okay? Okay. And then after that... um. In my experience, because I I started with these resumes pretty basic and now it's gotten much better and they're garnering much more attention. So the thing that I've done after my name and then having my contact information is uh, a brief little blurb, a a brief summary of who I am and, and what I do. So an example here that I have is exceptional radio presenter and podcast host with 10 years experience in media and communications previously an award-winning host for China Radio International with a proven track record of increasing listener numbers and developing media-slash-marketing strategies. So, you know, make yourself sound like a superhero, all right? You're, you're basically writing like, uh, like you're Peter Parker. You just took a picture of Spider-Man, and you know that you're Spider-Man, but nobody else knows you're Spider-Man. So when you're about to write that story with the picture of Spider-Man, you're like, and he saved a bunch of people. And then he said, you're welcome. He was so polite. He gave one kid like a selfie. He's just, he's definitely friendly um, with his neighborhood and others. He's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. All right. right. If that's your resume, you know, build it up, make you sound really good. Em- embellish the details and accomplishments that you've done, but make it concise. You don't want to have like a huge paragraph. Right. Okay. So no, pa- no, no. paragraphs, half a page? No, Less? just a couple sentences okay. highlighting you. All right. So it's kind of a way to take what you've done, put it in an eloquent way. And in what you've taken, you chose the most important parts and embellished it maybe a little bit. 
Anyways, next part. Next part. Okay, next part so we've, is, got our, we've got our amazing little intro. We know a bit about you. What's next? You know how to contact me. You know my name. All right, but that's all you know if this is all you've read. But it's time to read more, Carrie, okay? Next, we're going to look at skills. So uh, for something like my resume, I have like copywriting, exceptional organizational skills, <clears throat> work with studio and media editing, sales and promotional strategy, these kind of things. But you can put like, uh, what else would you put? Like graphic design or... You know, if you're in my industry, you might write that you've done lots of drafting for contracts, that you are also a researcher. Yeah, researching is a big one. A big uh, one. That you're familiar with social media, uh, maybe uh, that you can write for, for different social media platforms, that you can create content. Just start thinking of your skills, the the things that you do and kind of what they boil down to. So if I can write scripts, if I can write content online, then I'm an exceptional copywriter. I'm an exceptional writer in general. Um, if I've worked in a studio doing voiceover work and uh, whatnot, then I have a studio and media editing experience. So I've had to edit my audio, just like I'm doing right now, um, for presentation. Right, and I'd also just jump in with this for anyone who is listening that maybe is coming out of university, still there, or if they're even at school still. Yeah. Other things that can fall into skills yeah. are your part-time job skills. Maybe yeah. you work as a barista or as a waitress. You've got customer service. Yeah. Big one. That's, that is a really good one. So mm -hmm. things like that. That's a great way to think of it. All right, so if you work with a lot of people in your job, um, customer service, these kind of things. And customer service is huge, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of businesses offer the same product. So where do people go to get this product? They go to the friendliest people, the most informative people. So if you can make those skills pop on your resume, then you will definitely yeah. garner some attention. So after that, if you have something like awards and achievements, um, this is important to, to talk about, right? You're trying to sell yourself. So awards and achievements, um, put like that you, uh, for me, I put, uh, I got a journalist of the year for hosting Roundtable, and that was a nationally recognized award. But also things like I had the chance to interview former Disney executives uh, regarding Stanley's impact on animation. I did things like voiceover work for the Beijing Grammy Festival and several other promotional events. So anything that you might have done, if if you feel like you did, if you're a painter or if you're uh, someone with a trade trade skill, you know, include like tough jobs that you really felt you nailed it or you got it done in X amount of time. This is where you get to show like how the jobs um, that you've worked, how you took what that job was and did more with it. Yeah, this is like your how to prove you've gone the extra mile. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go the yeah. extra mile. Come on, push I it. I always go the extra mile. Push it. Well, good for you. Okay, we got an overachiever here. Her oh, yeah. awards and achievement sections I, I would got, take a page. I got a gold award for volunteering. Great. So great. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks. Lots of gold stars. Don't put that on your resume, though. No, like, please don't put gold stars like on Like in kindergarten, I got like five gold stars five days in a row. <gasps> 
you know, that that would be pretty cool. I think it would be funny. I would look at that as somebody hiring uh, somebody and be like, that's... Well, I don't know. As, as an That's an example of a great teacher. <laughs> sense of humor. Yeah. Bringing levity into the workplace. I like it. True. But you know that actually kindergarten teachers can also just give them out for like really menial things. So make friends with kindergarten teachers. Get those stars. Yeah, and uh, your achievements, part of your resume will look pretty spectacular. Anyways, moving on. Work experience. So this is going to be the thick of your resume. Now, you'll start with your most recent employment, right? And what you might want to do is organize it like your, your, the first part of uh, like a, a work experience should be the title of what you were. Then after that, you put something like the company, the company that you worked for. So the title of your job, the company, where the company was located should be under the, the name of the company. And then under that location, put the time period you worked there. So it can even be like, you know, July 2019 to the present. It could be something that's still ongoing, these kind of things. But so you have that basic kind of header. And then after you've done that header, I would put a little, again, blurb to talk about briefly what what this entailed. So for me, I would give an example of, let's say, this podcast. The, the top part would be podcast host. Under that, company name, the Hutong Hero. Under that, where it's happening, London, the United Kingdom. Under that, July 2019 to present, being that example. And then for the little blurb, I would, I would put something like self-hosted and produced current, event, uh, current events podcast, with lighthearted discussion and analysis. Well, that sounds beautiful, doesn't it? Oh, thank so you so concise. much, Carrie. Tell all your friends I'm looking, oh, okay? I will. And you know what? It's really nice because then if I didn't know what the Hutong Hero was all about, you've just told me. You're welcome, world. Anyways, moving on. So you have now done this blurb. You've put what you were. You've put the company's name, where it's located, and the time period you've worked at that company. Under this little blurb, I would put something like uh, like little bullet points, basically highlighting what this job entailed. So let's again use the Hutong hero as the example here. Researched and communicated with various podcast platforms to host my show, increasing listener numbers. Deliver news in an authoritative tone engaging the audience in warm conversation and providing insightful analysis resulting in compelling shows to garner a global audience. All this is actually pretty true, by it's the way. BT-dubs. Thank you so much to the global audience out there for allowing us to include this on the resume. Hope you love it. Anyways, follow this kind of uh, format for all the relevant jobs, okay? Like if you're applying to be the... CEO of Google, like don't put that you were uh, working at PetSmart in high school. You know, nobody wants to know everything you've ever done your whole life. You want the things that are really relevant. So the most recent employments, as well as if there's any others that might have been in the past, including those. So, you know, in 2012, right. I was interning with uh, KRQE Channel 13 News. This was local TV. 
but I still include that on my resume because if I'm applying to communications work, then this job is still pretty relevant. I mean, I learned a lot of skills there and it's important to show any future employer that those skills are a part of my resume, are a part of what I'm bringing, right? It, it gives a really good context, but I wouldn't put that in college, I worked at Whole Foods, right? It's just not relevant to probably most of the jobs that I would apply for. So keep these things in mind. So after this part, you've done, you know, your employment history and you've made it uh, look as good as possible with the bullet points, with your title, with the job company, where it's located and the time period you've worked. After this, yes, Carrie. Yes, Carrie has okay. risen her hand I, like I've an exemplary some... student. Yes, I am Carrie. such a good student. I great okay. A. Okay. Anyway, Carrie. okay. Anyway, I do have a couple of questions for yes, Carrie, the absolutely. master resume stroke CV writer. Um, yes, go ahead. I think I've done something really well. Okay. Right? Can yeah. I write my bullet point in capital letters and underline it and put it in bold? No. Why? But I you want to scream it. No. First of all, this is actually very... I'm glad you brought this uh, to the attention of myself and the audience because something that I've learned in this process is the more bullet points you have under your job, the less interesting that job becomes. So try to do like three tops, four or five bullet points, really screaming the highlights of your job. Don't put in the mundane stuff but put in the stuff that you feel was really important, the stuff that gave you special skills, okay? And you want to make it look clean and concise, not a bunch of sentences in one bullet point, but a concise sentence, okay? And keep that sentence in regular format, no bolds, no interesting fonts, you know, just keep it, keep it cool. Okay, what about, can I put it in pink? Moving on, anyways. Yeah, moving on, Carrie, okay? <laughs> Education. So this needs to be on any CV, I would say, because it's important. People want to know that you've gone to school. And this is, uh, this is interesting because what I'll say about this is even though we've kind of talked about college and, or university and on some level said that it's not always going to be the thing that prepares you the most for the job, I feel like a degree does show determination. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to get a degree. It requires, you know, a commitment that lasts years. And this commitment has very stressful periods of time, right? We all know finals weeks are like, Ooh! you're basically, uh, you know, hooked up to an IV of coffee mm -hmm. and you're walking around with uh, shadows in your eyes and a smile on your face because that's who you are. Make sure you put that in your resume. No, don't put that in your resume. But anyways, education shows that you finish commitments. And that's a big deal for a lot of employers. If they have you on the job, if, if you're with them, you want to show that you'll be able to do the commitment of, of the job that uh, they're offering. So um, include your education. And um, yeah, go ahead. I would also say as well for if it is, if you're going for something that is very specific to what you did your degree yes. in, it might be the technical skills that you've got from that degree that is relevant. And a lot of places will just say anyway, you know, always by rote, have, have you got a degree? Yeah, they'll ask you about the degree, but still something you should put in yes. your resume. Absolutely. Okay. So you'll have uh, education and right under that you'll put 
uh, the the different uh, levels of education if you have them um, in an order. Again, I would say descending from the most recent degree or education that you've received down to the final one. So I have my MA in international journalism. Under that, I'll have uh, the place I received it at, the Communications University of China. And then under that, I would put the graduation date, all right? And maybe to the side of that, I'll put the GPA I, I received so that they know, you know, I didn't just finish this degree, but I, I, I finished with this uh, GPA or this basically a grade point average. What do you guys use here? We just say the, um, I, the degree grade so so basically just put your grade yeah to the just side. put your grade um and then under that i put my ba in broadcasting and religious studies again from the university of new mexico and then when i graduated with my gpa or received grade on the side so once you've done these things and what i would suggest too is that once you've done these things input them on something like uh, indeed.com because indeed.com it's really great it's a job searching platform, but on top of it just being a great place to look for jobs, what they can do is like basically you fill in all of the all of the asked for information areas into their little system and they'll produce an excellent looking resume. So something to keep in mind. But um, now you have hopefully your your resume, your sword. You're ready to wield it and slay the jobs where they stand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would actually say at the end, if slay. you can, before you start slaying things with, slay the, them all. with your resume or CV, get you someone know to... Survivor. Sorry. Get someone to just double check it, like proofread it. Because oh, yeah. it's always things that, you know, where you wanted to put um, four and actually all you've done is put OFR and no one really knows what that means. Yeah, have somebody look it over. The more eyes you have on a resume, the the better it's going to look, all right? It's it's one of those documents that you might feel X, Y, and Z, but as much as that is important, you're writing for uh, a global uh, uh, committee or a group of people that are either recruiters or, or people that are working in HR that are hiring um, talent. So you want to make sure that even though you might see it as being good in this way, have other people take a look at it so it has a very global feel to it, a very uh, for everyone feel. Yeah, also to make sure it makes sense because I don't yeah. know if anyone does no. what I do. You just theosaurus like every single thesaurus, word. Thesaurus, not theosaurus. That thesaurus, sounds like, sorry. That I was just like overpronouncing it. Oh, will you listen? In the Trolific era of the prehistoric dawn of humanity not really though cuz humans and dinosaurs didn't exist together but anyways anyway there was the theosaurus anyway it was capable of saying words and not just that it said words that were similar to the words that you might say with similar meanings the theosaurus or however you feel it would want to sound but anyway point is you want to make sure it makes sense because sometimes using it too much means your sentence doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the Theosaurus. You are, aren't you? Would Dino- he be, would he be just throwing words cool. out of his mouth? Listen, guys, we're going to go ahead and go to our next song.
That was Head Candy by William Rossetti. And uh, I have to make this joke, you know? I, when I saw this artist's name, and it's, it's just, it's William Rossetti. But it reminded me of that Eminem song where Eminem's like, there's vomit on his sweater already. William Rossetti. <laughs> yeah. It really got you, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, rhymes with mom's spaghetti. William Rossetti. I know. Vomit on a sweater already. William Rossetti. <laughs> Anyways, Head Candy by William Rossetti. Not vomit on a sweater. Already. Yeah. William Rossetti. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, I hope you're taking us super serious uh, <laughs> for this job, job-related podcast today, everybody. Anyways, because we are actually trying to shed some wisdom upon thee in the most immaculate way possible. So, um... Immaculate? You sound like you've been listening to the Theosaurus. <laughs> okay, moving on from goofiness and to the real deal, real stuff here. So hopefully we gave you kind of a guideline of the things that should be on resumes. And you could play around with the format if you so choose. But I think the, the details in, in, ways of, in the ways of what you should have on there, those things, pretty solid. You should take that to the bank and cash it. Anyways, now that you've cashed it, you're ready to take that resume money and go throw it at some platforms, yo. Holla! Right, okay, holla, but holla. is there not something else we need? What? Well, oh, gosh, okay. Well, you know what? I'm no expert in this. Um, and I was, I'm no expert in this. And this is something that Carrie really specializes in. So we're going to go ahead and let Carrie talk about cover letters. It's time for Cover Letters with Carrie. Which is really why I came on the show, was to share <laughs> Okay, no word of a lie. The Theosaurus can definitely come out right now and sit behind talk you about on a chair. Le- talk about While you're cover, letters. The cover letters. Talk about it. Okay, cover letters. Now, most people just think you don't really need them. Or if you do, you can just use the same one over and over again. Even if you're applying to, say, I don't know, a law firm and what you really wanted to put on your CV Carrie, is Carrie, all your teaching I, experience. I have, no, I have a question. Yes. Before you talk about changing a cover letter to yes. make it fit the job, can you tell us what a cover letter is? Thank you. Okay, cover letter. Well, the reason you have Carrie, to change it Carrie, for each job is Carrie. I'm ignoring my student right now. Okay, cover letters. Okay, so on a cover letter, the reason you have them is because you want to show like, why you want to do the job. A recruiter can look at your CV and go, brilliant, ticks all the boxes, but do they even want to work for me? So you're saying that basically the, the resume is the cold, hard facts of what you did. Yep. But your cover letter is how you show them you're going to take what you did and make it relevant to them. Exactly. It's your pizzazz. You're like, pizzazz. this is where you're like, I've got to show I've got pizzazz. And that I absolutely love this company, insert name here. I love you. I love you. You're sincerely... XOXO, Ryan Price. Yeah. Can I end it like that? No, oh. of course not. 
No, Oops. it's not a love letter. I mean, it, it well, I did that a couple. Essentially, times. it kind of is a love letter. Might have done um, that. Yeah. Anyways, that's why they. Carrie, uh, we need. Didn't okay, so a cover letter is taking your resume and making it relevant to a job. Yes. How do I go about doing that? Right. Okay. So first of all, obviously, you want to say, "Dear whoever," if you've got the name, please put their name in. But sometimes you won't have the name. So yeah. what we suggest is saying, "To whom it may concern." Exactly. Now, when it comes to the cover letter, it should ideally be about a page long. And you're going to want to use paragraphs, short, concise sentences, basically try not to drone on and on and on because it gets boring. Right. Paragraphs that are to the point. And if you're kind of interested in how to build it, a good way is looking at your resume, the experience and things you've done. Correct me if I'm wrong, teacher. Mm -hmm. And then, so knowing what you've done in your resume... And then looking at the job description, they're yeah. going to say somebody who's really great with PowerPoint. You'll be like, well, I, I, was, I was really great with PowerPoint. And then write about how you're going to be great at PowerPoint for them. Exactly. So you, your first paragraph, you're going to want to give a bit of that what you've done. So you might say like what you're applying for. It's really important to do that so they know that you know what you're applying for. Then... Sometimes, I mean, you can change it up as to how you want to do it, but I, for me personally, did a lot of cover letters stating where I'd been to university. So if you've been to a good one and you've got a good grade, put it down. You can't shout about it enough. They want to see that. Some places in the UK might even say you have to have been to a, you know, a uh, Russell Group University. So if you have, you want to pop that on there too. Well, so let's, can we paragraph. make this a little more global? Okay. Globally, even if like, see if you've been to an Ivy League university in the US, you want to say that too. Like highlight it in your cover letter. Here's what you should do. Carrie, yes. maybe we can say it like this. Have a little intro about yourself. Make that your first paragraph. Say, if you're applying for a communications role, say, you know, Communications have been a, a part of my life for the past 10 years in my experience in education. I went to school at blah, 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 and then I got my MA at blah, blah, blah. And um, from there, I worked in jobs like blah, 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 doing blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And, and now and I blah, want blah, to blah. do blah, blah, blah with you. A brief intro, first paragraph, introduce yourself, make it concise, make it relevant to the job, and then start hitting the points that they're looking for in the job requirements. So your resume, how it matches up to those job requirements. So like I said, those job requirements could be like uh, skilled with Microsoft products in PowerPoint. And then you can say, working as a consultant for XYZ, I used PowerPoint every day. And my PowerPoints concisely pointed out information that was vital to the company's success. These things are something that I would do on a frequent basis and looking and researching data and incorporating them in a way that made it uh, effectively communicated on a PowerPoint was how I used it. I can bring this to you. Yes. So you're basically taking what you've done, but this is where you get to say the detail of what you've done with your skills and add that to yeah. um, also at the end of that. So you're like... Mm want to use the form that like where you've done it what you've done and then the results are really crucial in your cover letter as well um so you want to make sure you've ticked off all those skills that they're looking for but then 
maybe even the second paragraph or the last one, try and work in why them? Why do you want to work for them? Are they a global company that works around the world? Are they going to give you um, a ladder to move up through your career? Like try and make what they are something that the reason that you want to work for them, basically, not their competitor. After you've hit those kind of job requirements, maybe two, three paragraphs, remember you want to keep it one page, then have that final paragraph be about them and uh, make them feel really good. Like you guys are amazing. You work across the globe. You deal with a diverse group of uh of consumers, this is why I want to work for you, to bring my skills to the international stage and be a part of your operations. You know, have something really, that that kind of sounds along those lines, I would say, as your last paragraph, so that it's a really good sign-off too. You're basically leaving it up to them. You're saying, I want to work for you because you're an amazing company. And, and don't just say it like that, but, you know, add a little more decorum to it, make it a little more personal. And then afterwards, yours truly, your name. Yep. So, yeah, this is your pizzazz. Yours truly, Ryan Price. And also we're saying this because that's what they're looking for. So if they've received like really generic cover letters, they're going to know that you've just done an outright apply to everyone. They're not special. Copy, paste, cover, letter. And then they feel all upset because they're not personally, you know, you've not personally done this to them. They're like, well, well, we don't want you now because we're just another company. Sad face emoji. Yeah. So that's why it's important to do a cover letter. Make it special. And make it special. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's talk about, uh, so now you've done your cover letter. Yeah. All right. You've done your resume. You've listened to this show. You're ready for the big leagues, guy or girl. You're re- Whoa, was that the Theosaurus or was that you, Gary? It's the Theosaurus. The, the, the jury's out. Anyways. Theosaurus came out. <sighs> Make sure you have a Theosaurus on standby as well. They're important. But uh, anyways, we're going to talk about platforms. So you have your stuff ready. Uh, maybe you've decided to... Write your own cover letter, write your own resume, and skip to this part of the podcast. Good for you, but also bad, bad. Moving on, though. Um, We're going to talk about how you can get this information out there. One of um, the interesting ways is uh, recruitment agencies. So a lot of people know about like LinkedIn. It's a great way to get jobs. It's one of the top ways now to get jobs. Nobody's just walking into places of business with their resume being like, here you go. You know, it, if you did that, it would be weird nowadays. I know. Most people want the digital stuff, all right? So, um, but one of these things you can do is while you're applying to jobs, you can send your CV to recruitment agencies. And these recruitment agencies will apply to jobs for you while you apply to jobs. Now, this is interesting as well because I feel like recruitment agencies are different depending on where you are in the world. Like here in the UK, recruitment agencies, a lot of the websites will ask you, drop off your CV, give us your contact details, and we'll try to hook you up with a job here pretty soon. If they find you something, they'll email you. It's a really good good way to have multiple uh, uh, facets for getting your resume out there. But in the U.S., you might have some problems finding recruitment agencies that'll ask you to just drop off your resume. It's not that easy. A lot of times these agencies will just have 
like jobs that are on their website and you apply to them on your website, which recruitment agencies in the US, that's really quite silly. If, if you ask me, all right, the UK has got their recruitment agencies right. And uh, the thing is, these recruitment agencies in the US, you're never going to be better than LinkedIn. People will go to LinkedIn because it's that established professional job page. Recruiters are using it. Uh, and people looking for jobs are basically putting their living resume on this social media. But regardless, rant over, you know, stop trying to be like, not rant back in, stop trying to be like LinkedIn and start doing the groundwork, you lazy, you lazy bums. Moving on, if you're in the UK, recruitment agencies are a great way to find a job because you, like, again, they do the work for you. They're, that's what their job is. And they ain't slacking. They'll, they'll do a good job trying to find you something, right? Right. Actually, I'd also put this in. I actually personally had this experience. Yeah. I, uh, I actually popped my work, my like CV and everything mm-hmm. to a recruitment agency who told me that because I'd been out of a particular discipline or industry for a while that they couldn't find work for me. But then they said, we're looking for recruiters. Do you want to join the team? And I actually applied to them as a recruiter. So even if they can't find you something that you want to do in your industry, they're always more than happy to take you on as a recruiter. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. But if you're trying to look for uh, different ways to get your resume out there, recruitment agencies are one are one way. And in the U.S., they're done a bit differently. Keep that uh, in the, the back of your mind. But now it's time to do uh, the searching for the bulk of where you're going to be putting your resume and looking for jobs. These would be... I think, personally, and Carrie, if you disagree, feel free to add one. LinkedIn, of course. On their webpage, they boast that every eight seconds, someone is getting getting a job with LinkedIn. All right, after that, Indeed, also really user-friendly. They'll save your resume. You can do like an Indeed apply, which means you don't have to continuously go to websites and have 80 different browser windows open. You can apply through LinkedIn and they'll send your application along. Another great one, Glassdoor. Oh yeah, Glassdoor. Glassdoor I like because they do a lot of uh, data analysis of different jobs. So they'll tell you information relative to how much this position might be paying and uh, kind of be able to show you ways to compare it with other jobs, which is nice when you go into the interview and they're asking you what your expectations are you'll know what to ask for because Glassdoor has kind of averaged it out for you or at least given you a starting level. Sure, Indeed and LinkedIn can do that, but I just saw it more frequently with Mm -hmm. Glassdoor. And I think with LinkedIn, you more often have to have this premium account, which is like $30 a month to be able to see this kind of uh, vibrant data presented in front of you. Glassdoor, another great one. So I would use those three. LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn again, is, is one of those very, I would say LinkedIn is more of a resume that, you're, that you should just have. It's like a Facebook. It's like your general living resume. Have it. Spend some time on it. Because even Indeed and Glassdoor will ask for the LinkedIn link. So that's important to make sure it looks good. Spend some time on that. Make it look uh, as good as your resume. And then on top of that, for Indeed, 
They're really nice because you can do really quick, easy applying, but also they help you build a nice resume. And for Glassdoor, they give you a lot of statistics that allow you to be able to compare and contrast what this job is as it compares to other places around the world. So you can know what kind of salary to ask for, these kind of things. So keep these things in mind and let's go to our last song. Happen by South London Hi-Fi. And we decided to uh, include South London Hi-Fi on our uh, podcast because we are in South London. We thought that was appropriate to also, you know, embrace the South London culture. Yeah, we actually, podcast we're, we're living in South London. Oh, okay. You done? Mm-hmm. You done? Okay. I'm done. 
We're actually in uh, the area of London called the Cronks, which is Croydon. So that's South London. That song was from South London Hi-Fi, Let It Happen. Now let's kind of uh, try to wrap things up and, and kind of, you know, I think we paid in a good way for people to be able to go about searching for a job and hopefully this helped and also gave you a couple laughs. I think we had a couple laughs as well. But uh, one of the things that I do want to say is searching for a job is one of the hardest things I think you'll ever have to do because it isn't just like a, a process that is not going to be emotional. It is a very emotional process. You're constantly applying to jobs you see and, and you see yourself doing them, but you'll often get rejected from those jobs. These people don't know who you are. You know, now that we're doing digital applications, they really don't get a chance to see you on uh, a personal level because you're no longer bringing in those resumes. So in the convenience of giving resumes online, we've also lost that personal touch, which might have shown employers, hey, that person's like a beam of sunshine. Exactly. exactly. Lost the pizzazz. The pizzazz. It's important. But anyways, I think it's just, again, really important to remember that in this process, it's something that you shouldn't be afraid to do because often, especially I think with, uh, you know, the newer generations of people, they want to change their work. They're not happy, but they're afraid of what unemployment and job searching will be like. Definitely prepare for it by making sure you have enough funds to be able to last uh, more than a couple months and be ready to get rejected. But with every rejection, with every failure, you come one step closer to success. And I'm not the only person to have said that. But I guarantee if you look up every great person that's done something great, they'll tell you that the thing that got them there wasn't their successes as much as it was their failures. So remember, failures aren't just something that is pointless. It's something that you grow from. And so in which case, I hope this podcast has given you some ideas to move forward, to go after your dreams, and don't be afraid to fail because with every failure, you're one step closer to your goal. And that's all, folks. Goodbye. <laughs>